You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's help right here in Ramah Beit Shemesh, Israel, 5768, 2008. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Bolok. So contrary to what the name of the Parsha is, the main character in this week's Parsha is Bilam. That's how if, if you would ask anyone who is the main character in the Parsha, so they would tell you Bilam. Bilam is the one who tries to curse the people of Israel, of course, and he does not succeed. He tries his best but he's not able. He says, whatever Hashem says, that's what I'm going to have to do. He's not able to curse the people of Israel. But Balak, he's not as important in the Parsha. You don't, we don't focus as much on him. However, for this Parsha podcast, I would like to focus on Balak. Because Balak was the one who indeed hired Bilam. He was the one who wanted to curse out the people of Israel. And for that, he employed Bilam. So I want to talk about him a little bit and we're trying to understand him. And we have an unbelievable Gemara that was actually learned yesterday in the Daf Yomi in Sota. And the question is, a tremendous question on this Gemara we're going to have. And we're going to try to bring out a beautiful lesson, an important lesson for us. A little bit of background is necessary before we take you into the Gemara. There's a story with Elisha, that Elisha, he was one of the prophets, he was a student of Elijah, of Eliyahu. And he was walking along and he came across this group of kids, 42 kids. And they were saying, they said to him, they made fun of him. And they said, Alei kereach, Alei kereach. Get out of your baldy, get out of your baldy. Because Eliyahu, his teacher, was very hairy, he had a lot of hair. And Elisha was bald, he didn't have too much hair. So for some reason they were making fun of him. And this made Elisha very upset. And he looks at them. So according to some shittas in the Gemara, different, there are different ideas in the Gemara, exactly how, it, how exactly it happened, what happened. But let's go with one of the understandings, which is that he looked at them, and because of that look, the look of a prophet, you don't want to mess with a prophet. When he looks at you, so heaven forbid, if you're doing something that's contrary to what's supposed to be done, so there's a, a curse can come. So what happens? He gives them a look, and a curse comes out upon them. What happens? This forest all of a sudden appears, and out of the forest comes a group of bears, and the bears kill these 42 kids. Now the Gemara gives a, f- a few different explanations of exactly what the problem was, what they did wrong. It says they were children who had no merits to their names. They were, they were not going to have any generations with any children with merits. They were really, really bad kids. Let's put it that way. They were not just off the derech. They were not just off the path. They were like gone. They were not coming back. So anyway, so that's what happened. So the Gemara asks, what was it that caused these 42 children to be lost, to get killed? So the Gemara says like this, unbelievable thing. In this week's Parsha, it says that Balak, when he hired Bilam to go curse the Jews, so Bilam took him up on the mountain. Each time he, was t- he said to him, we have to make a certain amount of sacrifices, give these sacrifices to God. And so they, they did a total of 42 sacrifices. There were 7 times 6. Sometimes 6 is 42. That's how many sacrifices he did. Because of those 42 sacrifices that Balak did, so he caused that these 42 children should be killed. And if you want to understand the depth of it, I think the understanding is that because of these this negative forces that he created, that Balak created, the negative power of these sacrifices that he did, he was trying to curse the people of Israel. So 42 times he gave power to the side of evil. So these 42 children were affected by that evil power. And because of Balak, these 42 children had to die. So now the Gemara asks a question. And the question is based on this. So basically what we're saying is that when Balak, when he did those 42 sacrifices to God, he created a horrible, evil force. And because of that, that's why these children died. The Gemara says, wait a second. Actually, I'll tell you something else. 
because of those 42 sacrifices that he brought, he had a tremendous merit. The other way around, you're telling me he did something bad? He had a tremendous merit because of that. His great-granddaughter was Rus, Ruth, the Moabite, right? Balak was the king of Moab. So his great-great-granddaughter was Ruth, and from Ruth came David, and from David came Shlomo, and Solomon, King Solomon, was the one who brought all of the korbanos, the sacrifices to Hashem, a thousand. The verse says he brought a thousand sacrifices to Hashem. All of those sacrifices were in the merit of his great-great-great-great-grandfather, Balak. So how can you tell me that his sacrifices has a, had a negative effect? Now, on the surface, this is an unbelievable thing. Can you imagine that? This guy, he puts up 42 sacrifices to God. Why? Because he wants to destroy the people of Israel. He wants to curse them out. He wants them to never enter the land of Israel. And because of that, he has a merit. He has a merit that his great, 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 great grandson is Shlomo and Sol- this guy Solomon, King Solomon. And he was the one who brought a thousand sacrifices in, in the merit of Balak. Unbelievable thing. What's the understanding? So the Gemara explains that there's a concept called mitoch shelo lishma ba lishma. When a person does something for the wrong reasons, nevertheless, it's still, if he did something good, he did something good, right? Balak, he did something good. He brought these sacrifices and he was bringing them to God. He was doing something good, positive. He did it for a very horrible reason. It was Shalol Shema. It was for a bad reason. Nevertheless, it was something that was positive. So since he did something that was positive, Mitoch Shalol he did it for the wrong reasons. Ba Lishma. When you start off with the wrong intentions, eventually, somehow, you can reach a positive action with a positive intention. And that was something that was played out by his great, 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 great grandson, Shlomo, Solomon, King Solomon came from Balak. Unbelievable idea. Now coming back to the question that we asked, that the Gemara asked, the question was that we said that those 42 sacrifices that Balak brought in the merit or in the demerit of those 42 sacrifices, these 42 children were born who they were very horrible, unfortunately, they didn't have any connection to Hashem, they had no connection to the commandments and they all died because of that. And then on the other hand, the Gemara said, we have this very positive thing that came out because of his sacrifices. So how do we, how do we reconcile this? So the Gemara explains that because there were two facets, two parts to this action that he did. He did a sacrifice. He did a positive thing, a sacrifice, but he did it for the wrong reasons. So there were two completely opposite results. One was very positive. He had a great-grandson, Solomon, who brought all of these sacrifices, but one was very negative. The negative result of his negative action was that there were 42 Jews, unfortunately, 42 Jewish children, who had passed away. So now, I have an important question, based on everything that we've been discussing until now, that I'd like to ask you. The question is like this. We have this concept of mitoch shelo lishma ba lishma. When somebody does something for the wrong reasons, so then eventually he'll end up doing it for the right reasons. That's, that's one explanation. And what we saw with Balak is that when he did something that was good, but he did it for a bad reason, eventually what came out, a result of him, a result of his actions, was that someone did it the same type of action for a positive reason. So you see that there, the result of an action with a bad intention, eventually you get to the result which is a good intention along with that same act. So there's something very interesting about this concept of mitoch shalolishma balishma. When you start off doing something for the wrong reasons, it ends up with a good reason. That the Musr movement, the Musr swarm, the swarm that teach 
very good ethical teachings, teach us how to work on ourselves, work on our bad character traits, how to become better people, how to change ourselves, how to work over our animal instincts, how to work over all of our negative character traits. So in this farm they teach us, in these books they teach us, that you can employ this concept in Avodah Hashem, in serving Hashem. How can you employ this concept? You can go, let's say a person he doesn't have such a great desire to learn Torah. The guy, the guy does, or he doesn't have a great desire to do a mitzvah or go to the synagogue or something like that. So what a person can do is he can, he can use this concept by saying, look, what I have to do is I have to go and learn Torah or do a mitzvah for the wrong reasons. I'm going to go and do it and I'm going to have in mind that I'm doing it so everyone around me will think that I'm a very big righteous person. That's what the Muslims the form. That's what they say to do. You start off that way. And then eventually it's going to end up that when you're going to be in the habit of learning Torah or doing mitzvahs or whatever it is, so you're going to end up doing it for the right reasons. And the way it works is exactly this way. Mitoch shalolishma, when it starts off with the wrong intentions, balishma, it ends up being for the right intentions. Now there's a problem with this, a very big problem, and we need to understand it. And once we understand the, the problem and the answer to the problem, we'll have a very big, tremendous Yesod, foundational idea about an approach to life. The question is like this, what did we see from Balak? We saw from Balak that he did something, he did something that was very good. He brought these sacrifices to Hashem, but he did it for the wrong reasons. He did it for a horrible reason, he wanted to curse the people of Israel. What was the result? So, of course we had the result that eventually Solomon, he, gave the, he brought those sacrifices for the right reasons. He was a great-grandson of Balak. But there was another result as well. There was a very negative result. The negative result was that these 42 children, they died because Balak was giving over power to the side of evil. And he was trying to curse the people of Israel. And in some way, the curse did have an effect. Or that desire to curse, that negative intention, it did have, it did have an effect. So if that's the case, so every time a person does something, Shalolishma, let's say a person gets up, he goes to learn Torah, so everyone will think that he's a great scholar. He's doing something which is good, and he's doing it with the wrong intention. So it could be in the end he will also have a good intention, maybe on occasion. But he's also going to have some kind of negative thing come out of it. How can our, our great sages, who write these beautiful Musar Swarm, these ethical teachings, how can they advise us to do something which is going to have a true, it's going to have a positive result, but it's also going to have a very negative result? How can they teach us that? How can they tell us to do something which is going to create a negative result as well? What's the understanding of this? So the answer is actually found, of course, in those same Musar Swarm. They give you the advice and they tell you what you should do. But they don't leave you just to tell you that you should do something shalolishma. They explain that when you do something and you have the wrong intentions, it's not enough to just do it for the wrong intentions. When you go out and you learn the Torah so everyone will think that you're a great scholar, that's how you motivate yourself to start doing what needs to be done. Because if you don't have that motivation, you're not going to do it. But you've got to get in the habit of learning Torah. You've got to get in the habit of doing mitzvahs. You've got to get in the habit of being a good person, of going out there doing kindness. Even if it's for the wrong reasons, even if it's because everyone's going to say how great you are. you got to start yourself. you got to start yourself in motion. But the problem is, when you start yourself in this motion, so what happens? The motion builds on itself. And you continue to always need to have that honor. Every time you do a good deed, you need everyone to say, to pat you on the back. And that's a very big problem because, you know what? God wants you to do it for God's sake, not for any other reason. He doesn't want you to, when you do it for someone else's sake, you're doing it for, for so someone will give you a pat on the back, someone will give you a smile, someone will give you a, a high five, whatever it is. When you're doing it for that, so you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And guess what? You're taking away. It's, it's not pure. It's impure. It's lacking that purity. And every time that you do it over and over again, and you're doing it for the wrong reason, 
So it's always going to be that that's, you're going to reinforce that behavior. You're reinforcing the desire for the honor, the covet, the whatever it is, whatever outside force. The shalolishma, you're constantly reinforcing that. So how does one take it out of shalolishma and get there to the lishma? How does it get from one side to the other side? How do you get rid of the negative side of this? So the answer is that once you have this hakara, you have this understanding that I have to do this thing, I have to start off this way. But this is not my goal. My goal is not to be doing the mitzvos, not to be doing the commandments, not to be learning the Torah in order that everyone give me honor. When I give that thousand dollars to my synagogue and I show off and I say, look how great I am, and they name the shul after me now, or the million dollars, whatever it is, that's not the goal. The goal is that I'll get to the point where I can give the money even when nobody's going to know about it. I'm going to give the money, I'm going to give $1,000 this month so that my shul can have upkeep. No one's going to know that I gave that money. No one's going to know where the, the money came from so that the air conditioning bill can be paid and all the other expenses can be paid for for the shul. No one's going to know that I was involved in that. But the goal is you start off doing it shalolishma. You start off doing it with the intention that everyone should give me honor because that's how you get yourself going. But the goal always has to be a person's eyes have to be fixed on his goal, that he's going to get to the point where it's going to be lishma. Now, what happens? So we still have a problem, because Lamaisa, in essence, when you're doing it originally, you're doing it with a negative intent. So what happens to that negative intent? According to the story of Balak, that original negative intent should end up becoming, in some way, come out in the future, in some kind of negative fashion, in some kind of negative form. So the answer is that when you're doing it at the beginning, with the intent, that this negative intent should end up becoming a positive intent, so then the, the negative intent itself is positive. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable thing. You're starting off and you're doing this. You're learning the Torah so everyone should think you're a scholar. But while you're thinking that, you're thinking, I'm learning the Torah so everyone should think that I'm a scholar in order that in the end, I should be able to do it without anybody even knowing that I'm learning Torah. And that I'm going to be able to do it only for God's sake. So the original thought, even the negative thought, is completely eradicated. It's gone. It's like it never existed because your whole intent originally was that it should be disappearing. So if we look at Balak, what happened with him? So he had a negative intent. He had no intention that in the end it should change. So therefore, in the end, there was a negative result and a positive result. But we have the opportunity to take the, the habits that we can form, starting off with a negative intent, perhaps a slightly negative intent. People should think, it's not slightly, it's pretty, pretty negative, that people should think that I'm a great person or they should think that I'm a wealthy guy, whatever it is. That's fine. We start off with that. We use that as a tool in order to accustom ourselves to doing things that are positive and thus wean ourselves slowly off of the crutch, the crutch is the negative intent, and get ourselves to be totally l'shem shamayim, for God's sake. We do this only for Hashem. Nobody knows about it. We do something, we give matana b'seser, we give tzedakah, nobody knows about how much money we gave. We learn Torah, nobody knows how much Torah we've learned. All the things that we do, we try our best to cover them up. It should be exclusively for Hashem. I want to wish you, and me, and all of us, we should all be able to constantly strive, to always grow higher, to do everything, to do those positive deeds, for God's sake. Not, not have to have everyone else give us that pat on the back it's always nice of course to have that pat on the back but that shouldn't be our goal but rather we should be able to do it for God's sake thank you so much for listening and have a great Shabbos